Welcome to Marvel Champions Podcast, a podcast about Marvel Champions, the card game. I'm your host, Scott, and with me as always, my co-host, Ryan. Hey, do do you hear that? Do you hear that? It's Uh, X-Force. Oh, X-Force. X-Force. Yeah. (laughs) Big pockets. Yes, pouches (laughs) everywhere. Awesome. I know people are excited for this one. I was excited for this one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I've been thinking about it like I, I hope this isn't the the new norm, but like getting a box in August and a wave through the fall and winter. I was so ready for some new content. <laughs> like I've been jonesing for it for like the past six months. When did uh when did Mutant Genesis come out? August of last year. Has it really been a year? Mm-hmm. And then we got um, oh, we Gambit got Mojo in February, and we got Mojo in uh, October, November, one of those two months. Uh, they came out with Storm. And, That's right. They came out really quick. Yeah, they they kind of plumped in a campaign scenario. That's right. Mini campaign. Um, that, was, that was a good little campaign. I, I enjoyed Mojo. Yeah, Mojo's, Mojo's good. I think it's one of those where you can have a fun if you don't want to go through a big one or you're maybe introducing somebody to a have a you're going to introduce them to mojo one of the more obscure yeah that's true <laughs> x-men well maybe somebody likes uh, x-men right yeah but i mean it's a it's a fun idea oh but yeah, yeah. sorry off track it, not talking yeah, about mojo yeah. mojo he's so last year we're talking about x-force x-force <laughs> i feel like yeah. there's like a can you like input a giant like guitar whale like like a nineties like yeah we'll we'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, all right, so we we are here. We we took the time off away from our employment and uh, from our families for you all to get some quality content, and we played this uh, this whole box in uh, one sitting. Well, two sittings, but in one day. Yeah retrospectively I, I tried to be responsible and I don't think it was the best idea to go get like an eye exam right before we play <laughs> and not being able to kind of see for the first like 30 minutes to an hour yeah but it worked out yeah well I mean you did play as Domino and she is Lux so you're basically playing with Luck you're like yeah. I don't know what this card says let's play it <laughs> right it just says dis- discard from the top so I did it <laughs> Um, I didn't read anything on the card. I just discarded it off the top. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we we talked about it, and uh, we decided that we'll just do like a general overview. No spoilers um, for anybody that's listening or kind of wondering if they should get it or not. And then we should, uh, and then after that, we'll do some more spoiler stuff. And then there's just so much to talk about, we won't be able to get it all in this episode so there'll be some follow-up episodes but uh yeah i think we'll have some good like focus highlight episodes on maybe a few of the villains per episode and definitely the heroes deserve their own um episodes and i still feel like i need to play the heroes a little more to to feel like i'm ready to like really delve in and talk about like pretend like i know what i'm talking about yeah yeah and you know can Congratulations, Scott. This is the first box slash hero slash anything Marvel Champions has come out since we've started our podcast. Yes. So these are our first reviews. Review, review. Yes. No more previews. They're now reviews. We've uh, we've evolved. Um, Marvel Champions podcast is evolving to <laughs> reviewing content now. Reviewing. Well, I mean, technically, we have been doing some champion checkups, which is in essence a review of sorts. Uh, true that. True that. All right, man. All right. So it. we start with um, heroes, maybe, or should we delve right into villains and the campaign? The, what we typically think of as the campaign. Um, uh, yeah, let's just, uh, let's just kind of set up first with the heroes. Uh, I played as Cable. You Domino. De- uh, Domino, yeah. You better say Deadpool. Deadpool for a second. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Wait, we haven't gotten Deadpool yet. Or have we? Da, or da, did da. we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I played Cable. Um, I did not play his pre-con. 
um, I played a variation of it. Um, there was some some changes I made uh, that I felt were better for for my play style. Um, but I did play leadership, and then I played justice. She comes to justice, but I pretty much threw out. I think half of pretty much every single one of her justice cards I took out. I think I kept in feral the side scheme and overwatch turned out to be a, a good combo with uh, us working together. Yeah. Kayla yeah. likes it the word. Yeah. That that's the word on the street. Um, so the, those are the heroes that we, we started off with. And then um, I don't think we made any deck alterations throughout the campaign. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think we pretty much ran what from like beginning to end, maybe like one card here or there, but no big changes at all. Yeah, there's definitely some shaving I could have done, but I just I never ended up doing it. Well, so, I think it's because you kind of got in your groove of like, yeah, you know what works, and you just stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. I at at that point when you when you play the hero five times you just get into that pattern and you know this is the card I'm looking for, this is what works with this and this and this. Um and that and that's one thing that we learned about these heroes, like a lot of heroes, is you know, there are some that are when you play with them right off the bat, they're they're doing damage and thwarting and all these things. And there's some that just need time to to set up, um, to really get some cards down that really gets their engine going and it it definitely felt like these these two heroes were more on that engine side of things not that they couldn't do the other one but they they definitely were enhanced once you kind of got them going yeah i feel like they both come with some really good strong events And and when you get those those are definitely the cards you're playing for that turn but there's some definite upgrade supports that that are almost like a a have to have to really be successful. Yeah, yeah. I and I think I mean we played what they came with, but I think both of them had the ability to do different aspects um and be successful in what they're doing. Like uh I played leadership cable, but I think a justice obviously would fit with his play style. But I think you could do uh, potentially a protection build and a an aggression build with him and be fairly successful with, with how he plays. Yeah. I think I want to go back through and create some good protection and aggression decks with Domino. I think her, yeah. her base defense being so high and you kind of get with her, her basic powers in some cases, like one of her really good upgrades can really boost those, but I also felt like they weren't like key. Her using a basic power on her on her turn wasn't like completely necessary for her to be successful, which was is nice. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like you were using her basic powers to do thwarting or attacking a lot you were doing other things with it um whereas cable it kind of seemed i was doing more with his basic because of the way his his cards lay out right and his ability being able to ready Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which when uh we were trying to get these decks right that's why i changed it because it just didn't feel like his precon was effective with what he was trying to do. Like, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of allies in his precon. And if you get them out, they're expensive. So you don't want to necessarily just use them to block anything. So you're blocking more with cable, which means he's exhausted and he yeah. can't do his abilities as much. So that's why I did some changes. Cause I wanted to stay up more to be able to, to use him. He's got great stats once he's got his uh his one side scheme, his Technovirus purge out, so yep. now would you say as 
if you were newer to the game, would Cable be a, a decent, like, pretty low complexity hero to recommend to somebody? Um, he he isn't complex. Um, I I personally think he's a complex hero to deck build with because the this campaign box does introduce player side schemes and that's his his thing um so you want to add in player side schemes but that just takes up more spaces for other cards that you've got to get rid of so you your your deck kind of narrows down on what you can add because you want to add those player side schemes um so i found it really hard when i was making that the adjustments with his deck of what's most important because I wanted these side schemes in there. Um, but I, I think if it was a new player, I think you can pick up on him pretty easily. He's not super complex. Um, but I think if you're a player that enjoys being a benefit to the team as a, as a team game, I think he's really good because his player player side schemes helps everybody. And so if you can get those player side schemes done, everyone's benefiting. And that just makes you feel good that you're helping the team as a whole. And the player oh, side like schemes are... Support are, character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, he can do... Sure. He can do most things, but those player side schemes are very supportive for that whole team. Yeah. So... What do you think about Domino? I think Domino has a little bit more complexity with like timing and like sequencing, but it's so like gratifying when you're like, "Ooh, watch this!" and you switch this card to the top of your deck, and then you play this event, and it and it does amazing, and then and then sometimes you get lucky, and you'll flip over another one and it just happens to be a wild and it'll count as two. And you're like, Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> um, I, I think she's pretty straightforward in what she's wanting to do. Um, the whole jackpot um, response is nice when her deck gets thinned down. You just keep seeing that come up and up and up and up. And I think my like most favorite thing to do with you as being like, oh, look there. It was jackpot on top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, I put it there, of course. But uh, she was a lot of fun. I think she's one. For me, there's certain like heroes where like when they first come out, I just I keep going back and grabbing them and wanting to play, you know, more in different things. And so yeah. far for me, she she feels that way. It definitely seemed like there were multiple times throughout the campaign. I was like, hey, what can you do on your turn? And you're like, well, I can do this. And I can do this and this. And if I do this, I can do this. And if I move the... And you just like kept going. Like There were so many options it felt like you could do to help. Help with yeah. the, whatever circumstances we were in. See, that was the other thing I, I picked up on her cards. Like, she has a lot, like, her. I felt like there was different times where, like, her signature allies, the ability of one of them was completely worth, worthless for the scenario. But then the opposite one, like, oh, that's exactly what we need right now. We have all these minions and we need them all gone in order to do anything. And I was able to line it up to where she could use her ability or action and it wiped the whole board. But then I don't think I used her more than like one other time, the whole campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found, like you want to get her like pistols out. Cause those are just like free, uh, action hero actions exhaust discard and you just kind of like pump those out but i had a couple of the games where like i just couldn't get those going but i was able to still be successful yeah yeah it seemed like she had different it wasn't uh focused on one particular card that was like clutch for her play 
where I, I feel like Cable kind of has a little bit more of that with his Technovirus Purge. That kind of is a big key card for his entire deck to be successful. I mean, is it is it absolutely necessary? No, but it, it kind of is. <laughs> um, I think the only other thing that I will say about Domino before we transition to villains her team up card I know it's technically not a team up card but I just I can never I don't think I used the posse card one time out of five games it just having to have three of them out there a single time and then play play it and benefit from it it just I don't feel like team up cards there's very few that I feel like are worth anything. Yeah. M- most of the time when we've done team up cards, it's, uh, it's, we're playing the heroes that yeah. they affect. And this one, you can't ever have that opportunity. Right. Right. It's like a standalone team up. Yeah. I mean, technically yeah. It's not a team up everybody, but it feels like one. It's, it's a team up without being a team up. Right. Um, but for like a heat from heroes for the box, I think these two are, are really good. Yep. I, I'd say they're, um, out of the heroes that we've gotten out of all the boxes, I would say this is in the, the top three, maybe top two set of heroes. Um, they, they were really good. Yeah. I mean, thinking back. Like, just like as an overall hero, I think the Sinister Motives box, I think those two heroes are really good. They were, yeah. Um, Mutant Genesis, I think Shadowcat's better than Colossus. I just, I feel like Colossus can be a difficult play. Yeah, so certain villains have a, a dramatic yeah, effect right, right, right. on him. And then... Everybody hates on Hawkeye, but you liked him. I he like did well, <laughs> and I, I like I mean, Spider Woman. Hawkeye is the strongest Hulk, so that is he true. has his bow. He's the strongest Hulk. And he's got that awesome haircut too from the movie. He does. The other thing that, like in general, with campaign boxes that I've noticed that that I fall into the trap is. It, when we do campaigns, you play a hero, I play a hero, and I feel like whatever hero I didn't play gets neglected by, yes. by me personally, and I really have to make an effort to like go back and play them, and I can look like every single box, like Spider-Woman, haven't really played her much, Spectrum, haven't really played her much, yeah. Miles, I played him a little more, uh, Groot, I played him very few. I would say Mutant yep. Genesis would be the only other exception. And even then, Mutant Genesis was kind of the, the asterisk. That's because, a weird one. Yeah. Because they had two other heroes that dropped at the same time. So you weren't forced to play the two box heroes. Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree. I think that's similar to me. It's the, the heroes I don't, I tend to not play as much um, from that. So. And with how cool Cable looks, I, I definitely think it's one I, I got to focus on. Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, he was a good one. I would definitely, uh, I'd return to him. I I enjoyed him. Yeah, I so, think I think we should take both of them through another campaign. Switch it up, different aspects. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. All right, villains, All the right. warlocks, and the marauders. Now let's let's just. Uh, Let's just do an overview and then we'll get into to spoilers because I don't want to talk about every little thing about this and <laughs> not talk well, about the campaign. And I say and we stuff. still would try not to do any spoilers. I think we should try and be vague and like broad as we can. Fair enough. So scenario well, we, can, we can always save those for more. Uh... Yeah, because I figured we'll go into like more like Siege. This was scenario one and these are our thoughts and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So I'll kick us off. I really liked the multi-villain um, strategy with this one. You have like seven different potentials, so it makes the replayability 
significantly higher than some of the other ones. Multi-villain. Um, they all do different things. So you could prep for like one villain and just get one that's completely opposite of your strategy, which can really hose you up, which which I like. Um, I do like that these, because they all have the, they either do something bad or they get two plus attack, right? For the most part. There was one great crow. Man, that guy's rough. <laughs> Especially if you have like a hero that has, um, his whole thing is highest cost card. Uh, he gets, he gets the printed cost added on to his attack. So he's rough. <laughs> Some of the other ones aren't as bad. Yeah, it, they they each. Uh, it's probably one of those things that each hero. There's probably at least one of them that is their nemesis. We'll say where if that one comes up, you're like, ah, that really hurts me. Yeah. Um, because there's there's seven of them, right? And uh, there's bound to be one that's like geared towards that hero's thing. That just yeah. kind of like, uh, here we right. go. Because you, you could be playing with like a storm and there's tons that are like confuse a character you control or stun a character you control. Well, if you can go gain stalwart, that's like nothing, right? Same thing yeah. with the one who's like, give him a tough status card. If you got somebody running piercing, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's That's what it is. So I, I do like that. It, it makes it very, uh, it varies from game to game, and it can um, either yeah. be to your benefit or it could be to your hindrance. So I do like that. Yeah. I liked, for me, the thing that I liked most about the scenario was the the scenario itself and how it flowed. It kind of had like part one and part two of the scenario. And they, they, Obviously, they play kind of similar, but it it shifts on you, and so um, you have to yeah. to adjust a little bit of how you're playing. Um, and I, and I like that, I like that mid shift, and it, and it wasn't an optional shift; like it forces you to to follow that shift. Um, I, I liked that progression, just the natural progression that the game is is causing you to go down. I liked I like that, and there's some benefit reward depending on how you got to that point. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's that the the mechanisms of the scenario plays into the story that you're you're doing versus like just a, a, a traditional Marvel Champions game. It's just the villain is just attacking you, and you're attacking them. And and that's that's the basis, but this one it 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 changes it, and then that change is part of that story, and so it makes sense. The mechanisms make sense with the story, and yeah. so that was really nice to to see. The other thing that's kind of similar in that I do like as as you progressed through the game with the villains, it did kind of ramp the villains a little bit. You know, it, yeah, a few cards have been spoiled, so I'm I'm not gonna be like super in detail, but um when you kill one of the or defeat one of the uh villains you put them under the routed environment and there's certain encounter cards that say if there's one under there do this if there's two under there do that and i like how it made the game to be able to boost the difficulty up slightly as you're going through the game or through that scenario yeah yeah cuz individually each one's pretty weak but when you start adding those additional like hey I, I beat one great it makes it tougher it's it's a nice progression of of difficulty as the story goes yeah so yeah i think i think as a as a first scenario i think this has definitely been one of the better first scenarios that we've had um Personally, better than the last one. Ugh, I'm not a fan <laughs> of Sabretooth. Um, the slog of Sabretooth. The slog of Sabretooth. But this one I, I thought was uh, was a, a good way to, to start off this campaign. To wet your palate. Yes. I yes. think the only other thing that I think I want to point out is, you know, as you progress through the game, um, or at some point in the game, 
the Morlock allies come out, and it kind of changes a little bit of play style. Because normally you're like, sure, just throw an ally in front of the attack. Well, with this scenario, if the Morlocks die, you you lose, right? And um, it, you've got to go and protect them, which which I liked that. Thematically, it felt like you were doing that on on, on the choices you had. Yeah, yeah, that and that's what I was saying is that it's just there's a there's a story behind the mechanisms and in the in the scenario. So yeah, good. Yeah, overall, I'm with you. I I thought it was really good. Uh, replayability is is up there, and um, I definitely think it's one that outside of the campaign I I want to play a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I I totally revisit this. Uh, it wasn't the most difficult scenario. Um, there there really wasn't a whole. And again, this could be that the heroes were a little stronger. Um, but there really didn't seem to be a, any moment of like serious concern that we could be losing this. Um, but I I think at harder difficulties there there could be uh, those those moments. All right, scenario two, on the run. On the run. I th- so the big thing with this one is you still take all the marauders and you pick one. In the campaign, you pick one that wasn't the ones you've already defeated. So you have fewer options, but you haven't seen them yet, which was nice. Um, And then they kind of become the main villain for the scenario. And the cards were spoiled, so I fear we can talk a little bit about. Um, this one, I felt like the concept was good, but I just felt like it didn't... It wasn't as impactful as it sounded like on paper. Yeah, it. when we were setting it up, I remember the... Uh, the the marauder that we randomly chose and uh, i was just looking i was like this is gonna be the worst and like this is a terrible combination for us and it's just gonna be a headache to play this one it's gonna be tough and then we get going and then we found i guess the loophole (laughs) i I don't know what, what you'd call it but it we we were able to basically game the game and uh completely work around the villain and yeah. uh it just when when time was right we just jumped on it and just obliterated him cuz the the main villain gets an attachment that pretty much says when there's a marauder minion out he's going to scheme instead of attack you um and then this particular one the main scheme threats faster so it's like they're trying to run away right they're trying to get away they they they're escaping with hope that's literally the name of the main scheme and yeah and that's the way it wants to kind of feel but i just i didn't really feel that sense of pressure um with it like it was trying to do i just didn't feel it yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of that. How we just gamed it is we had the, I guess, the right setup with yeah. the right minions and the right villain that he, the villain really wasn't thwarting as much as I think the scenario intended. Right. And we weren't taking damage as I'm sure the <laughs> the scenario intended. And so we just kind of was like, well, if we're in this weird spot, we might as well just build up real quick and then we'll just wipe the floor. Yeah, because that was the thing is the minions aren't overly difficult. Like, they're kind of that mid-range of health, four or five-ish. But mm-hmm. I just felt like we were able to deal some decent damage to kind of get rid of them. So, like, he was always willing to attack and we were able to kind of work around him attacking. I mean, in each of them, like half of them have guard, half of them have patrol, 
So they're trying to like slow you down, which which I like that aspect. Um, and they're trying to protect that one main villain getting away. I didn't like that. I thought thematically that was kind of ingenious how to incorporate those keywords and make it feel like you're kind of chasing them, but they're kind of slowing you down. But when we played it, I just don't feel like it really hit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely want to revisit it um, because I, I think I think the scenario has more to offer. Um, I, I felt very similar to uh, when we play Mutant Genesis, when we played uh, Master Mold. When we first did that as part of the campaign, we just absolutely dominated him. And it was like, wait, was he supposed to be hard as like the three? And uh, we've, we've since played him again and we had a more difficult time. And I think in that case, the the heroes that we had and just, I don't know if it was luck or just how it worked out. We just, we moved very quickly on it. Yeah. And I think this one was very similar. It's just, we just kind of moved quickly and it didn't give the chance to the scenario really to develop the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And we didn't really say it, but like scenario one and two with our experience, in our particular plays, they felt like they were they were enjoyable, but they were kind of on the easier side. Yeah, yeah. With with our heroes, they were pretty easy. All right, take us to uh, to your boy scenario three. My boy, juggernaut. Um. So he came in. He was the one of the most anticipated i think as a overall community i think a lot of people were looking forward to juggernaut he was he was one that i was looking forward to um i don't think he was the one i was looking forward to the most i think that might be the next scenario um but i i was excited to to see how he he played if my main concern going in is that he was just going to be a rhino 2.0 but uh for me personally I don't think he was a Rhino 2.0. I think he had a a little bit more to offer. Yeah. I think... I don't think Uh he was a difficult... And I was anticipating him to be. And I don't know if it's just we... were able to kind of... I just felt like we were able to put our thumb on him early and then just keep our thumb on him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I think we, um, his scenario cord- with the the cards that have been revealed has a lot to do with his helmet, and uh, we were able to, I guess, follow the the mechanism they put in place with the helmet, and uh, we were able to. We he didn't get out of control. And I think that's where people can get in trouble with him is as soon yeah. as he gets out of control, it, it's going to snowball on you quick. See, that was my, I think my biggest takeaway is I, I don't think we got the, like the bad encounters cards at the bad, at the right times. I think yeah. we kind of lucked out in that way. Cause like part of me felt like once we had his helmet flipped, he pretty much kept it off until the story progresses. There's different things where the, makes his helmet come back on but i felt like almost oh and the, the other thing that i noticed was i don't feel like he added momentum counters as easily as i was making it out of my mind leading up to the campaign box in yeah. my mind i thought he was going to be able to add momentum counters much easier or much more frequently to make him really like have that thematic feel of oh he's gaining momentum and he's charging at us but i just it didn't hit yeah it kind of seems like he's gonna be placing a lot and uh it just didn't happen in our scenario yeah and like i said i think it was just how the luck of the draw and how the cards fell yeah sorry yeah no you're good i he he might be i don't know if he's the biggest disappointment cuz i'm not disappointed in him like, True. i i have fun playing him um 
but I, I definitely was anticipating more of like, oh my gosh, he's about to hit me again. For like eight or, or like, nine, right? <laughs> yeah, for like eight or nine, or he's like, I can't block with my ally because that ally is just going to soak up two damage and he's going to be still dealing six to me. Because, you know, his big thing is those momentum counters and he's going to gain overkill and so on and so forth. And it just never, uh, again, kind of like scenario two, it felt like we were able to move around the whole mechanism of the, the scenario and uh, and beat him. Yeah, I, I will say that he did have one treachery card that, you know, through the sequence of plays, you've. He's already attacked both of us. And then the treachery comes out and it's something to the effect of Juggernaut attacks the lowest the character or oh, an ally yes. with the lowest remaining hit points. Um which I could see really going badly. Especially if it was a Hope Summers, because I think this is the first one that actually introduced Hope Summers as a playable um friendly character yeah the the campaign for this particular scenario can be pretty devastating with the with the wrong card draw and and we did get a card that was like that but thankfully i think you had less health or something (laughs) well it was either that or i i was able to defend like i didn't defend during my attack so I, i was able to do other things to throw myself or somebody else in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I remember when that came out where I was like, oh my gosh, this is how you lose so easily. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because um, that's the whole thing with Hope is is if she dies, you lose the game. I, I do yeah. like how they introduced that alternate loss condition. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what she does. All right. Um, I get, like you said, he wasn't disappointing. But I, I just don't think, and it's, you know, that's a lot of things in life. You you work yourself up in your mind thinking it's going to be this or that, and it, it wasn't that. But I definitely think it's one I want to play again. Yeah. More. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to play it again, but play more. Yeah. So so far, out of the three we've talked about, all, all three of these I want to play again. Because I, 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 I think every scenario deserves at least a few playthroughs. Uh, especially with different heroes, um, yeah. just to to get that variety to see like how that scenario really is. But yeah, I, I'm excited to to go back to him and see and actually watch him be a juggernaut. Right. So at this point, up into our campaign play, we're like, it's been it's been enjoyable and fun and a good a good challenge, but it hasn't been challenging. Yeah, that's correct. how I felt. Yep. And then we got into scenario four. Mr. Sinister. This is the one that I was most looking forward to because I like Mr. Sinister. I think he's a, a fun bad guy. So what'd you think? And uh, I think he, I think his scenario was I think his scenario might be my favorite. Um I really liked it. I think it, it upped the ante a little bit, so it was a little tougher. And uh I liked had variety in it um and uh it made him be changed and you can get different combos later on every time you play it and his cards were they were like that fine sweet spot where they were brutal but not too brutal that you're just like oh my gosh not another one (laughs) yeah so they they were just enough to be like dang i hate that i got this but i can still play and, and work around this it was it was annoying, but it wasn't like devastating. Yeah. His this is the first kind of scenario of, in the the ones we've talked about so far. Like, I really felt this sense of like uh, pressure and like, oh man, this is there's nothing we can do to prevent this from progressing. Yes. Yes. I. I thought it it played a little different. Um, I well, thinking about it, I think it plays similar to uh, Crossbones in that aspect. Is that his scenario moves quickly when it comes to schemes? Yeah, it's like go 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 go, and then 
I do like when you get to a certain point, it does kind of pull back a little bit, but only in the aspect of it being so quick. At that point, he's set himself up, which is yes. kind of nice. Is you know, typically you as the heroes are getting yourself set up, and then you're like, you get this, you know, this climax of the of the game where you're like, okay, everything's shifting now, and just go right. And I feel like this was one where I felt that like happening for the villain because yeah. when he gets set up, then all his cards. It's like if he has this attachment or superpower, this one do this and this, and it just made yeah. him worse. Yeah, yeah, I, I I liked that that he he as well had progression in his development as we progressed as as heroes, and it, so it was it was like an even pace. Like he's not he's not weak at the beginning, but he just gets stronger, and uh, it. I, I thought it was really, really fun. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, this is where like for me, it picked up, and it was like, ooh, this is uh, this one's no joke. <laughs> we gotta like pay attention to what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. I think that that difficulty is what I wanted Juggernaut to be. I wanted it to be a moment of like, oh boy, what what am I gonna do now? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh it was a fun one. He had a lot of had a, f- a lot of fun cards that change depending on the how the scenario was set up and progresses and um I I definitely will be revisiting him. And as a campaign is going along the the campaign fit along with it just like all the other ones and worked just fine. Yeah. He was He's a good villain. Yeah, I, th- I I think a lot of people like him. And like he wasn't like overly difficult, but he wasn't he wasn't a pushover. I, I liked he was a good like <laughs> between medium and hard, right? Yeah. 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 He was he was baked just right. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Sinister stamp of approval. He was that was a good one. Yep. All right. right. Strife. Number five. The The big baddie. Uh oh. (laughs) No, I he's definitely he was definitely probably the most difficult, but it wasn't so much like him as the villain. I felt like he had the worst encounter cards mm-hmm. that kept coming out and you're like holy cow what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> and um so he has he has some attachments that come out to the players and they vary but some of them are just like devastating and it like completely stops you like i had a turn where like i i physically couldn't play any cards due to the limitations that it puts on you and I had to completely like waste a turn. Yeah, was that the one that you did, and then I I was able to do something that helped? I can't no. remember. No, it, it was the one that increases um increases the cost of certain cards, and uh... I just physically did not have enough resources to play to play a card to get rid of the attachment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Awful. Now it came out again later in the game, and it didn't matter because we were. This was early game, and it mattered because we're trying to set up. Later yeah. game, it didn't come into play as much, and I didn't really care about it. But oh man, it just—it was like a complete turn killer. Yeah, yeah. It uh, his scenario reminded me a lot about Magneto. And uh, I think I told you this when we played. I was like, I felt like we were playing Magneto again. Um, it's it's different. I mean, there there are some differences, um, but kind of like the the difficulty level and how Magneto has his uh, magnetic cards, encounter cards that are not very fun to get. That's what it felt like him. Is there, he had these encounter cards that were just like, oh, 
I don't want that. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. So the the interesting with him is because of his like side schemes that come out, it forces you down one of two paths. It's do you go kill Strife fast enough for this not to matter? Or do I go and I take care of this side scheme because it's got so much threat on it? But then you still have to have some tone of like, some kind of balance because you don't want the game to progress to like the next part of the scenario with him having full health because you only focused on taking care of his big side scheme. Yes, yes. Un- unlike Magneto, where you're stuck having to do thwarting, and it, right? And this it, one gave you those options. Magneto two tells you like you can only do so much damage to Magneto before it just stops doing anything to him. Yeah, yeah. And th- this one, you you're right because I think I started to to thwart the scheme, and you're like, well, maybe we don't need to thwart it quite yet. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess if we just kind of whittle it down to where we need it to be until the right moment yeah and that's what we ended up doing and i think that helped i do like that it made us think and strategize a little bit more than kind of we've kind of talked about some marvel champion scenarios are attack 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 thwart 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 those are my two things i'm doing right the complexity of some of these scenarios um was it was a good it was good developed well uh, it was not just your standard attack, 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 thwart, thwart, thwart. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And in his scenario, just like earlier scenarios in this box, when it chain, it, it kind of forces you to change to the next main scheme, um, whether you want to or not. Um, and it, it's rough. <laughs> his, his 2B is, yeah. It like it gives you a bonus, but then it also puts a penalty on that bonus, and that that uh, penalty is penalty's rough. Is rough, and it's it's amazing. Well, I mean, the the card's been released, um, but it's the uh, his left to your fate to be yeah, um, and it's each identity gets two plus hand size. Yay! Increase the resource cost to pay each player card by one. Oh, and it you don't just realize that, how, yeah, yeah, that, that you're about to say that one cost is devastating to, to player decks and in, in many ways, especially like I, I had a couple of zero cost cards. It's like, oh, okay, that's no longer zero cost, it's <laughs> one cost now to do this zero worth ability, yeah. When you, when you kind of build your deck around a low economy, that's that can hurt. Yeah, it was. It definitely didn't feel like two hand size was enough for the one, but I guess it it shouldn't benefit you, right? <laughs> so another thing that I like is they didn't just automatically give Strife stalwart. I like yeah. that when he got to a point, he gained stalwart, which yeah. I like. I'm not a big fan of a villain just naturally having stalwart. I like some way of getting rid of it, or it gets added at some point in time. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say with him, you know, his whole main scheme on one and his attack interrupt is that he gets um, those values are based off of the most common card type in your hand. And I felt like I was worried about that leading up to the campaign. Like, uh, that just feels like it could be really bad. But I felt like it hit well. I don't think like it was too much. It seemed like it was always around the realm of two or three. Yeah, yeah. I I liked I liked his ability, and I didn't think it was overly bad and wasn't overly weak. Yeah, I felt so, like it was a, a good balance. Yeah, I when when we first saw the cards, I was a little worried about it, but ended up kind of being a a, a pretty good balance. So I'm I'm glad that worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it was a different mechanism they chose for the the villain, and I think it, it I think it worked overall. Yeah, except for that it. one encounter card that really made it rough, and I got it twice. Which one was that? 
That was the one where it you have to look through your oh, cards. You card have to types. discard cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one did stink. <laughs> I got that twice, and it, it 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 created a rough situation where I was like, "Well, I I have good cards, but I have to plan for this turn. So ultimately, I need these cards." Well, and mentally, and, uh, you've you've already drawn up and kind of looked at your cards going into the villain phase. And planned, yeah. And like, I'm going to do this next turn, and it completely wipes that out. Yeah, yeah, that was, that one I will say, it really stunk, but it wasn't overly bad um, because you were you were able to recover somewhat from that. Like, it, it wasn't, hey, discard your hand. That's it. <laughs> but right. it, it was more like a discard your hand, draw back up. Yeah. Um, with the last couple minutes we have here, I think the only questions I have to you is how do you think the campaign cards felt in like the progression of the campaign? And what are your overall thoughts on the introduction of player side schemes? Uh, great question. Um, first off, uh, player side schemes. I love them. I think they're fun. I think you can put one in every deck and it'd be worth it um they definitely are better multiplayer not that they're not beneficial in solo but they scale very well for all player counts and they're super helpful Um, i felt like the timing of them were were really nice there was just like times where it's like hey i can play this and we can get this really good card out for free and it's like the exact thing we needed yes yes they almost like not get out of jail but like you said it was like as long as we could set it up we were like all right perfect let's just thwart this last three and boom now we've got an upgrade or support or, or whatever it is yeah. it was uh they were really nice i enjoyed them um i'm excited to see how they can develop them to be f- different um because there's a lot of i guess general ones (laughs) like the protections i give one a tough so maybe they'll have one that comes out and says ready everybody or ready a hero or something right um so i'm excited to see what type of side schemes they have in the wing to to complement the ones that have been released so Um, do you think the the opposite developers will try and incorporate those because this is like tony's baby right do you think caleb's gonna um be like i want to do a player sad scheme in this wave um i mean i i think they'll continue to support it um i i think you're not gonna see i think you'll see quite a bit this wave but after that i think you, you won't see a ton slow down like preparation cards yeah like the preparation cards yeah um so that that's to be expected until maybe another cycle where there might be a hero that has a little bit more involved with player side schemes or something and sure and it might come back but um i i enjoy them i think they're a great addition um they change up the game and uh i think they are a big part of the campaign <laughs> they're they're very central to the campaign so it makes it feel very much like a cable campaign it was built for him. Yeah. Um, but I think those campaign cards definitely helped in the campaign and maybe some ways made him too strong um, in the campaign. Um, it, uh, how would I, how do, how do I feel about this campaign, uh, the campaign cards? As cable, I liked them. I loved them. But as like a gameplay scenario, I think I think they're okay. I, it's not my favorite way they've done it. Um, I think I liked Sinister Motives a lot. Um, and I, actually, I liked Mutant Genesis. I did like the ability to just take the cards that are already existing and creating new combos with them with the aspects. Um, 
I, I really liked that. So this one, this one's just okay for me. I like them in the sense of the rollover that they provided. Because I think if you're playing a campaign, the camp the campaign rules makes the games slightly harder than a standard scenario. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing with Mute Genesis that I think lacked a little bit. There wasn't as much uh, rollover from scenario to scenario, but I didn't feel like it it built uh, built off of each other. This one I felt like it you kind of built up a little bit and you're going into those harder scenarios four and five a lot more set up and enable to kind of manage some of those campaign specific difficulty enhancements. Yeah. Yeah. I liked them. I don't I don't think they were like too overly good. I mean some of the cards were good, like the safe house. That thing is sweet. As long as yeah, you flip was... down, that's the only thing is there were there were some scenarios. Sinister. You couldn't really flip down very often. Yeah, yeah. There was uh yeah, there was they they weren't bad. They they were good, they were helpful. Um you had to work for them, which was good. But once you got them, yeah. You I, got them. I do like some of the variety in the ones that you kinda had to like remember they were there. There was like one that gave you like plus one defense. Oh, well, I guess I was spoiling too bad, but there was one that like increased some of your stats. Spoiler. Um, and then there's some that like decreased cost of certain cards. Um, which I, I like the variety it, it gave. Yeah, because because yeah, can... in some some heroes, you know, this particular one does nothing for them, but this one over here is like gonna really bump them up. Yeah, and and that's what we had to do is kind of figure out: uh, do we want this or do we want this? How does this work? Um, and so that's what we did. We we picked the ones that we thought were best towards the beginning, and then just kind of added whatever else was coming. It's all about those pouches, man. That's right. There's nothing like discarding that from the top of your card and getting to count those two wilds as four. <laughs> Domino. Domino. Yeah, the dominoes were, were falling in order. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what do you um, think overall campaign? I thought it was worth the hype. Uh, this one was fun. Oh, worth the hype. Yeah. If if that's like a like one of the categories, like worth the hype. Yeah, really good. I, I think it's one I can go back to and play a campaign again. Sometimes I fall into the trap of I play the scenarios independently and don't go back through a full campaign as much but this one I definitely want to do another campaign or yeah. more campaigns yeah yeah I I would agree with you I, I definitely want to play the campaign itself as a whole um, I think it'd be fun to do um, I think other heroes can, can work really good with this one um, I think as like should you purchase it or not obviously that's your decision, but I think the addition of the player side schemes is something to consider. Um, those those new cards are are good. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have. This would be a good one to bring in to really fill out a, a a pool of cards. The other thing I think is you get two really good heroes, and you get really good villains. Yeah, you get some solid villains. Villains so. you could play standalone or you can definitely play this campaign yeah i i don't know if i would say this is my favorite campaign box that has come out um i'm still deciding um but i i do think it's it's probably in the maybe in the top three it's definitely in the and top only... half for me <laughs> I haven't, i'm with you yeah. i haven't decided yet but i'll definitely tell you it's higher than uh galaxy's most wanted <laughs> For sure, yeah, it's and probably Titans. Yeah, it's it's, Mad yeah, Titan it's, it's not the bottom. I, I think for me too. I think it's above Titan Shadow and it's above Guardians. Um, I, this is where it starts getting hard. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I think I like it more than uh, Mutant Genesis personally. It's, um, it's all because of Sabretooth. That stupid Sabretooth uh, ruined so, it for you. See that? Well, honestly, it kind of does. <laughs> Sabretooth is a is a blight on that. 
campaign box. It's I feel um, redheaded stepchild the, in the box. <laughs> yeah, all all these I would I would go back to, but Sabretooth, we have gone back to him, and I, I have not sweetened up on him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That that one is a tough. I remember playing that one two handed by myself, and it's a game that never ends. It's it's the game that never ends. <laughs> All right. Well, if you've been able to play Next Evolution, feel free to send over your thoughts. Um, we'd love to hear how you're liking it. Um, if you've ran through Next Evolution with some different heroes other than Cable and Domino, that would be fun to hear about too. Um, you can let us know uh, by emailing us at marvelchampionspod at gmail.com. And remember, if you want to go from a chump to a champ, Listen to the Marvel Champions podcast. Thanks, everybody. X Force. X Force. Yeah. Yeah. Wing.